Blog Talk Radio. It's August 12, 2018. Hello, and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host David Fillion and Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Announcements. Again, we'd like to thank each and every member who at great risk put themselves out in front to run for UAW International Executive Board positions, and most especially to each and every member of Team Working for a Living who did so, and to all of our supporters for their unwavering support. Thank you all. Okay, announcement number two. Working for a Living continues to support Medicare for each and every person in the United States. Announcement number three, on August 6, 2018, Ford announced that the 2020 Ford Bronco will be made in Michigan. That's in contrast to Chevy building the Blazer in Mexico. Announcement number uh, five, Congratulations, I'm sorry, four. Congratulations to everyone in Missouri who voted down right to work in your state. Announcement number uh, five. Uh, congratulations to UAW endorsed candidate Michigan, uh, uh, endorsed candidate for Michigan Governor Senator Gretchen Whitmer on her victory and to all those who supported her. Email and messages. Thanks to all of you. thanks for all of your support and for having me on the show. That's from Gretchen Whitmer, Senator Gretchen Whitmer. She uh, sent that in text message to me. Um, also, uh, we had uh, thanks from a lot of candidates uh, for all your help and support, and that's from many candidates uh, that working for a living helped all across Michigan and. Received a couple of, we received a couple of comments calling us sore losers and whiners, and that's from JS in Texas. We'll have a little more on that later in the show. Okay, let's bring on the uh, co-hosts here. Uh, David? David, how you doing? Good. How you doing tonight, Leroy? Pretty good. Pretty good. I don't see Jeff on just now. I know he had another uh, commitment that he was at today. And he might come in late, uh, but we'll see if at all. But uh, Jeff is in with us, or is with us in spirit, if not here on the show. Anyhow, uh, you know, he t- uh, talked a little bit last week about the uh, uh, Constitution not being as readable as it used to be uh, on the uh, UAW.org site. So I sent him, uh, as I indicated last week, a, a copy of it that I have that's digital. And I know that's uh, more readable than what's uh, there now. So uh, we'll have to make the changes as time goes by to the, the copies that we have that are digital. Having said that, uh, how was your week, Dave? Um, pretty good. Um, got a lot of stuff done around here that needed doing, whether I wanted to do it or not. Um, did a lot of banging on some doors, a lot of sending some emails. 
and some text messages. Um, out of the primary, I would say um, I didn't get everything I wanted, but it wasn't bad. Um, I don't really know the numbers for uh, county commissioner, um, but uh, I do know that uh, Senate nine or the Senate uh, District 19, um, that candidate on the Democratic side, he got 15,000 votes. That's pretty good in a district where you could take a cardboard box and write an R on the side of it and set it up on a table and without rename recognition, they'll vote for that cardboard box. So that's pretty exciting news there. That's probably the most votes I've ever seen for a candidate in that district on the Democratic side. That's some hope. So um, I'm pleased that uh, Gretchen Wintermer as the uh, gubernatorial candidate. Um, I believe she'll do a good job. I also believe that she will do a good job at correcting the issues that we have in regards to our natural resources. Um, I hope that we'll be able to work together in the future with the fisheries division and the DNR and to make the changes that need to be done protect our lakes in Michigan, not just the Great Lakes, our inland lakes, because they're taking a terrible beating from profit, and that's my opinion. And uh, so that's about all I have to say about the primaries, Leroy. Um, I think we need to be helping some other candidates um, in the upcoming future and uh, give them some air time. Correct, David. Uh, well, uh, as we've discussed this a little bit, um, in order to, uh, for everybody's edification, you know, the victory in Missouri was resounding and just an amazing thing. Uh, they did employ the, uh, I heard it said a number of times, uh, this is good for working men and women and it's uh, uh, a good thing that we have uh, that uh, out there for working men and women as opposed to corporate-friendly. And, and, worker fr- and, you know, we have worker-friendly that we've been pushing. We've been, uh, st- we started that uh, earlier this year, and it's a, uh, uh, a mantra that seems to be working a little bit. Uh, as we support our worker-friendly candidates, we need to identify them more as worker-friendly rather than blue or red or R or D. So, uh, that again, that worked uh, very well in, in Missouri, and we're happy that they uh, were successful. In order to do that here in Michigan, uh, we can't have a referendum vote because it's uh, my understanding that there's an appropriations when it was passed through the House, Senate, and the governor signed it. Uh, that's there was appropriations attached to that. Is that that's correct? That's your understanding too, David, right? Yes, sir. Yes, that's what I thought. Uh, so, not sure what appropriations that was, but any time that you put a spending appropriations in a bill that you, that they pass, that they do that, then it cannot be changed by the people by a referendum vote. It has to be done by the legislature. Okay, so the notion that uh, 
we want to change Michigan from right to work and change that as fast as we can is something we'd like to do, but we have to do it through the legislature. And by doing it through the, uh, the legislature, we have to take it back the House, and we have to take back the Senate. And those votes are coming up, and the governor, by the way, and those votes are coming up this fall. Uh, you and I have discussed, you know, a little bit about how to do that, and that's have some of these worker-friendly candidates on. But because we don't want to turn this show into a political show, uh, we'll do that on Blog Talk Radio uh, but we'll do it on a different uh, venue for those on an off day. We'll keep this show, uh, for the most part, worker-oriented material, okay? And uh, we'll, we'll uh, set up and moderate uh, shows for those candidates that we believe are worker-friendly and that need a little help uh, in order to win. And we'll set that up and use the corporate-friendly versus worker-friendly, and, of course, Everybody relates to being worker-friendly because we all work for a living now, don't we? So, yeah, while corporations exist and they're important, uh, you know, they've gotten more than their share lately, and we need to get back to worker-friendly issues. Uh, so having said that, uh, yes, we're going to help some candidates that need it. We're just going to do it in a way that's a little obfuscated and uh, uh, still get it done. Uh, I know we've got requests from a number of people to do such shows, and we're happy to do those. Um, I can, uh, on a little aside note, uh, all the candidates that I supported uh, in this Muskegon County, the senator, uh, actually three counties there for Senate, and a House Rep and the county commissioner uh, were all elected by 60%, two to one. Essentially, uh, uh, the uh, cont very highly contentious race where uh, the uh, opposed opposition candidate uh, actually owned a political consulting firm and lost, uh, and the candidate I supported for House Rep won. It's my treasurer for my township. And as I've said in the past, we've already cleaned up the pensions here and uh, a number of other issues. We've turned it uh, to worker-friendly instead of corporate-friendly uh, on the township board, and uh, this woman uh, was a champion of that, and she uh, spearheaded all of that. Of course, you know, I was behind the scenes uh, given the help and uh, counsel that I could. Uh, there was one loss and county commissioner that we had. Uh, our UAW candidate didn't win, and uh, somebody that came in and did a very negative campaign uh, is now elected in the primary and likely to get elected in the general. Uh, and that's the same with most all of these candidates I just mentioned, because these are the, the races are really in the primary, and the general will go uh, worker-friendly. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a problem with this particular uh, fellow, uh, and he is the son-in-law of a city council member and a brother-in-law of a city council member. So we have a woman who has her son on the city council and now a son-in-law on the county commission. So this fiefdom 
is uh, something that we need to uh, address locally because these folks uh, are not necessarily worker friendly. They uh, have a lot of issues with uh, some things that uh, affect us and uh, I'm happy to work against them as and that's my personal opinion. So, but I want to express that so that everybody knows it. There's also a woman that I supported uh, a little bit, uh, this would be a year ago, uh, about a year and a half ago, she decided that she was going to send out her endorsement letters without a union bug on them, and I sent her a text, and I have that screenshot, and I said, we need to talk. And during that discussion, she told me that I was too sensitive about the union bug. Julie Rodocker should not be endorsed by anybody because uh, she said that to me, and I, I guess upon uh, real pressure from others, she did finally put a union bug on her stuff. But, uh, you know, there's, there's some other issues there I want to go into now. But anybody think they're grooming her for city council position uh, over my dead body? I'll say that, okay? Get that right between the eyes there, local Lansing local leadership, okay? She should not be endorsed or supported in any way. I don't usually call them out like that, but I'll tell you, I can't imagine anybody going against us any more than telling us we're too sensitive about our union work. Right? So, and by the way, Gretchen... Whitmer, Senator Gretchen Whitmer, was my House Rep, Senator, and Prosecutor. As you might imagine, you don't stick around too long if you're not worker-friendly in my county, where I was past chair of the Democratic Party for the county. So just just a, some little insight into some of the politics in mid-Michigan and statewide. And we're going to help some candidates. We might even go out there and look for some candidates that need some help and try and help them doing a radio show where they can then post it out in their district forum. We're not going to make this show any more than probably what we just said, so having said that. Uh, okay, David, it uh, uh, looks like Jeff is uh, uh, predisposed as other commitment, so I'll uh, turn this over to you on your report there, a little something about Black Lake, and I think you had a couple other issues you want to discuss, so go ahead. Well, first I'd like to start out by saying um, I made some posts on social media this week. Probably make company unions get company unionists get right down on their hands and knees and cry. Quite frankly, I don't care. I enjoy seeing them come to attack me. Um, in the past, when there wasn't no social media, the attack was face to face. That was fine too. Um, I don't have any good use for this philosophy of company unionism. Um, doesn't do anything for any of us that's working for a living every day. There's a whole bunch of folks up there got their Chuck E. Cheese coins in their pockets. Uh, they should be working on striking General Motors right now, and that's not getting done. And uh, we need to keep driving at that. Um, that man needs to be doing his job up there. He got a 33% raise and a Chuck E. Cheese coin. We need to see some action out of him. Um, one of the things I'd like to say about the convention, um, we didn't win there. Possibly nobody can win there. Um, 
It's mandated by law that there be one. There will be another one again. Whether or not the international staff will preside over the next convention, or if there will even be a convention, could be up in the air depending on whether or not the DOJ comes in and takes over the United Auto Workers Union. That is a real possibility. Um, We don't know what's coming in the future. For all we know right now, Dennis Williams has been implicated um, in the corruption by one of the uh, people who were indicted and made a plea deal. And uh, so we'll have to wait and see where that goes. We don't know how guilty he is, um, but all the elements are there. Um, The DOJ has said that uh, there is um, the likelihood of conspiracy and uh, basically um, that's the same. The same elements are there that were there during the period of time where the DOJ took over um, the Teamsters Union. So um, we'll see where that goes in the future. I know the investigation was supposed to begin ramping up again in August, so we should hear something coming, you know, in the next few months. Um, One thing I'd like to say about our workers, um, whether or not you like each other or not, we all got to stand together. Put anything that happened in the past, in the past. That's where it needs to stay. We need to move forward united together, regardless if you like that person or not, because that's the only way we're going to get forward. And uh, there's some other things that need to be done, too. First of all, we are not partners with the corporation, none of us, as working people, the rank and file. Up there in Solidarity House, they want to be partners with the corporation. That's fine. They're under scrutiny for that right now. We don't have to be company union. They want to do that. That's fine. Let them go ahead and put on their matching clothes, share their letterhead. We don't have to participate in that. The way we can start acting union on the plant floor is by showing to management right now that we're not their friend. And that don't mean put on no T-shirt. Don't talk to them. Don't look them in the eye. we got some holidays coming up. Don't invite them. Go ahead and have your dinners. Um, enjoy your Enjoy your coworkers. Those managers, they don't belong at Christmas dinner. They don't belong at Thanksgiving dinner. They have some place of their own to go, and that's where they should be, just like it was in the old days. They didn't eat with us, and we didn't eat with them. The best boss is the one that's afraid to come out of his office because he don't want to face the confrontation on the plant floor. And others of them learn hard. Believe me, I've seen supervisors walked out of the plant in tears by a medical department. Um, so that, that's some things that we need to start doing right now. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about the bargaining convention. This bargaining convention, it's a dog and pony show. Same delegates that went to the convention that are carrying around their Chuck E. Cheese coins, they're the same folks going to the bargaining convention. Now, granted, there are a handful of these delegates that don't have these coins. Thank God for them. The rest of them might just well forget it. You can print up as many shirts as you want. You can put Huckleberry Hound on the front. Gary Jones is going to pick one up, too, and put the damn thing on, pretend to be your friend. And you're going to get the same damn thing you got from Dennis Williams. Six tears or more. Here's a guy who invented a bridge. Takes eight years to cross the damn thing. These employees are still suffering. As far as the temporary workers on the plant floor, they're indentured servitudes. Every one of them. And that needs to end, too. So there was an idea floated. Um, wasn't completely my idea. It was on the back of my mind, but um, one of our mutual friends put this idea out on social media. Not a lot of people looked at it. Um, maybe they did, and they passed it by. If it don't have Donald Trump on the top of it or some politician, they're not interested in it. But uh, I'm interested in it. I believe she is, too. And that idea is that we create, her idea was that there would be three different pages um, created and that leadership from Ford, leadership from FCA, and leadership from GM would inhabit these pages. Nobody else. Just these people with leadership skills. Their task would be to go through the national agreement of all three of the uh, big three and decide what comes out and what goes in. I got a lot of good ideas about what needs to come out. However, I won't be on one of these pages. I'd love to be, but I don't have leadership skills to do that. Um, my idea was a little differing than hers, that uh, there would be just one page with 30 people on it. The reason why 30, I felt that if there were 10 people from GM, 10 from Ford, 10 from FCA, there would always be somebody available to meet and work together. And they would work independently from each other, the Ford workers and GM and Chrysler, GM and FCA. And uh, once they got done going through the language, they put this all together, and eventually it'll be rolled out to the membership. And we just simply bypass the um, the uh, bargaining convention. All the sub councils and councils, the big dog and pony show, waste of time. You can go on down to your union hall and submit your bargaining demands. Let your locals vote on them. That's fine. Go ahead. Go through the dog and pony show because that's all it is. It's all going to get round circled right into the trash can just like all your resolutions did. So these 30 people, or however it gets worked out to be, they'll go through the language. They'll, they'll decide what the white book looks like. And that's what everybody votes on. 
and members will be encouraged to mentor the younger workers in their plants on the plant floor and to help them understand because their union representatives are not going to do that for them. When it came time for ratification, hell, they ran to my local first. <laughs> that that was a sorry sight. I mean, they fell within within hours. It was gone, over with. They took the bait, and, well, they're all suffering now. Um, that need not happen again. I will say at General Motors, of the three and the big in the, of the D3, we are the weakest. Um, FCA and Ford, they're stronger than us. And our members need the support of Ford and FCA workers to prop us up. I believe they're willing to do that. Hell, I didn't get into the convention because my union would help me, my local union. It was a Ford worker who helped me get into the convention. When it come time to go, I talked to my local leadership. They gave me a dog and pony show that I knew I was being fed, and I just laughed and told them, thanks for your diligence. <laughs> Have a nice day. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Um, as far as the people that would inhabit this page, these pages, like you said at the beginning of the show, good leadership is never about power and control. I would expect that the people who inhabit this page or three pages keep that in mind. Um, there won't be no one leader on these pages, and there shouldn't be. Um, I'm hoping that you'll take up that task and be one of those people because you have the leadership skills to do the job, Leroy. And there will be nine others there with you. It's going to be some time-consuming, and this needs to start now so that this can be accomplished shortly after the new year. And um, as far as uh, um, the name of the effort will be going forward, the three parties will decide that too. Um, International Union doesn't need to be included in that. We've had Restore and More in 84, that was that was uh, developed by good people. Well, again, just like a Huckleberry Hound shirt, they took up that cause too. Eighty thousand people lost their jobs between '84 and the next contract, and we restored them more. Well, this needs to be different, and uh, so hopefully, Leroy, you'll you'll be willing to be one of those parties. Um, there are other people listening tonight. Um, I know one of them is aware. Um, he is a Ford worker, and I believe that they'll bring together good people. It might be hard to find good people at GM because they're scared. I know you're not. Um, so how do you feel about that, Larry? Well, David, you know, there's Constitution language about supplanting to UAW. And nobody's, while nobody's, we, um, we, nobody's asking to, to subplant the UAW, uh, while we can go and have uh, caucuses, uh, you know, individual company caucuses uh, to shape what needs to be done in the future regarding and uh, the contracts that are coming up, 
these still need to work through the process that is provided for in the Constitution of the UAW. Okay. Sure. I, I suggested that. Go ahead and go to your union meetings. Go ahead and submit your demands. Let your locals vote on it. And it'll all end up in the trash can just like the resolutions did. Let them go through the sub-councils. I understand. And but but that's, the the, the day, that's the structure set up by the UAW Constitution. Okay? Yeah. So when, when we sure. go and do something like this, the membership needs to understand that once these are submitted and they really approve them in mass, okay, in other words, the membership, I mean, the leadership can, the 10 people or however many, can put together a list of demands and put real teeth in those demands by the membership and then tell them that go to sub-council and the national bargaining team, if they are not in the agreement, we're not going to vote for it. And we're not going to stand for it doing it FCA last time because that's what caused all of this to start with. Monday morning, the person that wrote in to another radio show every week come in mid-week, the night of the FCA, or night after the FCA uh, approval, the second vote, and said, you know what we did. I can't tell you how we did it, but you know what we did. And that's behind a comment by myself on that show that said, I've seen a 19% swing in my lifetime from yes to no or no to yes. You do know and are aware. But that, the, the corporate, you do know and you are aware that the corporation has had a plan since 1984. And that was the, um, the memorandum um, that came out that uh, was leaked. And uh, we're, we're far beyond that now. And just like Jerry Tucker said, the last words he spoke to all of us before he passed away, while well, all of us are dreaming, they're scheming. And that's true today as it was the day words come out of his mouth. And we need to be a step ahead of that. And this right. is a way to do that. Well, that um, is a way hopefully, to do it. it. has to be done within the Constitution of the UAW. Well, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Nobody's asking to overthrow the UAW as an institution. We need demands. to make sure our wishes as a membership are heard that the retiree language that says that our pensions get cut in half, that's federal law, we shouldn't have that in our agreement. Every retiree should stand up and say, no, that shouldn't be in our agreement. The tiers that are illegal, according to the the, uh, 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution and subsequent case law, should be removed from from our agreement. These are things that need to happen. And every worker that's a legacy worker or in one of the t- progressions or one of the tiers or in a temporary. Temporaries by uh, are, and I was going to cover this later in my report, temporaries are only allowed to be temporary 90 days. 
The Constitution of yeah, UAW thanks. says that. I've, I've read it. Yeah. Well, so those are the things just removed. And the people in the plants, the members in the plant, need to support the 10 people or however many. They get together and say, these are the issues that need to be addressed. Okay? And then they need to turn these down. And if there's manipulation, like happened at the FCA agreement last time, then all hell's going to break loose. All hell will break loose. Because we had an insider, so much as tell us, that they manipulated the FCA ratification vote. And I have that on tape. I have that recorded. I know you do. Okay. So, so uh, uh, and we know how I to find that. To, necessary. I just wanted to let you know that that's being floated out there and uh, probably going to happen. Uh, it has to be done in a way that is commensurate with the UAW Constitution. I know I'm there's a lot of anger out there, but you will lose your membership. And I just went through a battle with that. cost me a 1,000 hours and the leadership position of the UAW because I did it and let my own election go by the wayside to bring people back. And on this one, on this one, it's probably indefensible. So be careful when we tell people to go do such things when we say at the same time other things within the Constitution won't work. We have to work within the Constitution. Period. I'm okay with that. Okay, good. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, obviously not aware of any of this, or I'd have let that out way before this, so that we presented it in a way that everybody understood. We have to work within the structure, but we need to do it in a organized method to put teeth into the demands and simply tell the leadership, if you do not follow this, if you do not follow this, then it will be turned down. The corporation... That's exactly where we're at. And, there, and, and you know, I, I'm, <laughs> there's other things going on beyond what's apparent right now. By the way, to the member who sent me a a message in the open, I understand, and I got your message, and I will be acting on that in the early part of the week. Okay? So that member should understand. I know they're listening. I know they're listening. Two members sent it, and one actually acted a little more definitively And so I got your message, and I'll be acting on that. There are things going on that may change everything between now and the opening of the bargaining convention and opening of the collective bargaining. So just understand that. You know, we can get before the, 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 you know, the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse. So we got to be... a little cautious here getting out in front of something when we don't know 
everything that's out there on the table right now. There are forces behind the scenes that do not want to see us go through another collective bargaining process with what happened the last two times. Believe me when I say that. Well, you've got you know, there's probably jobs that are trying to defend this, and, and they're hmm. wrong. And they're about to find out why they're wrong, okay, in a few minutes when I get to my report. But I just want to be clear to everybody. Whatever process that we pursue regarding our demands for the, for the collective bargaining agreement, retiree and active, we will do that within the confines of the United Auto Workers Constitution. We must do that. Okay, so everybody understands. We're in agreement. We're in agreement there. Okay, yeah, because we, I, you know, I, I defended some people that lost their membership. And as you know, I put a thousand hours into that with 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 ease, at least a thousand hours over the 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 uh, the, uh, the thing was over, uh, right at 400 pages. The public review record, public review board record was over 400 pages, or right at it. And it was a lot of hard work to get this done. It was next to impossible to get a a decision as we got it, but we did. Haven't had one like that in a long time. But we got it because it was the right thing. But I'm going to tell you folks out there, you know, I can defend you on a lot of stuff, but this one's indefensible. Okay, you can lose your membership and your job over this. It has to be done within the confines of the Constitution. And it can be. It can be. Believe me, it can be. We just can't throw the baby out with the bathwater regarding the Constitution. So, having said that, uh, go ahead. With I know you got some other things you want to cover, David. Uh, okay. Uh, I'd like to say again that uh, in regards to um, the people who will go through the language, that all of them um, remain friends. Um, each works on their own language. And that they everybody remembers good leadership isn't about power and control. Um, you make some good points, and uh, they're valid ones. And uh, it does need to be done within the in the confines of the Constitution, so nobody gets themselves into trouble. That was the intent in the first place. Um, so moving on, um, I'd like to talk about Black Lake. Um, some of our members are finding out that, uh, well, I've known it for years. we got managers walking on sacred ground, and they don't belong there. Um, that needs to end. Um, we can't have that. Um, this That part of the jointness between the partners up there and uh, Solidarity House and the corporation, that needs to end. Um I won't sense, I won't step one foot on the grounds of Black Lake as long as there's managers there. I don't believe anybody else should either. It's disgraceful. Truly. It's disgraceful. 
So I'd like to read something to everybody. First, I'd like to um, talk about um, a news publication that I think is very good. Um, it's actually, even though it's not affiliated with the International Union in any way, shape, or form, it's probably one of the best worker news publications we have out there. And it's called the Solidarity Review. Members can read that by going to www.solidarityreview.com. Um, another thing that members can do, um, we don't have the kind of money as members that others do. Print a copy. Take it to work with you. Give it to a friend. It's the way things were done in the past. Um so hopefully in the future, um, the Solidarity Review will continue to provide real news to workers on the plant floors, um, as well as our radio show. Um, we got a lot of avenues to get work, get news out to um, workers that wouldn't get this information any other way. Um, in regards to um, Black Leg. I'd like to read a letter that was written um, some years ago. And this letter came out of Local 599, New York City. Um, I'm going to read it verbatim just the way it was written by Dave Yatow. <coughs> Local, Local 599 seeks UAW-only black leg. To all UAW local unions from local 599 executive board members, RE non-union, big three management employees utilizing Black Lake facilities, dear brothers and sisters, this letter is written to express our opinion on the following non-union salaried big three management employees to utilize the facilities at the UAW Family Education Center at Black Lake. This facility has served exclusively for the education of UAW members, leaders, and families since its inception. As UAW members, we have had the opportunity not only to learn from the instructors, but also from other UAW brothers and sisters who are there for the purpose of receiving training. It is an information gathering and a sharing experience of unionized workers. UAW Center was built with UAW funds. Our past leadership struggled with problems caused by management and saw the need to better prepare for those encounters. Black Lake was a result of their vision. UAW Black Lake is the burial site of Walter, and Walter May and Roy Ruther. What an insult to allow management to walk on burial ground of our founding fathers. No other place has served to solidify all members of the rank and file, even the sit-down strike had its dissenters and company loyalists. Black Lake is all union and only union. Where else do we have a chance to relax in an environment that is union? We are opposed to salaried employees utilizing Black Lake facilities. We support a voluntary dues checkoff to save Black Lake from becoming a joint union management retreat. 
such resolution action would be proper. In solidarity, on behalf of Local 599 Executive Board, Dave Yotta, President, Gary Matson, Recording Secretary, James C. Wheeler, Financial Secretary. Um, that's been written so many years ago, and it's still true today. And uh, Gary Jones needs to get that message up there. Solidarity House. Um, management needs to find their own way to get their own training somewhere else. Do it someplace else besides Black Lake. Um, so I have to say on that issue of Black Lake, Leroy, I think you agree with me. And I remember when they first started going up there in the 80s, management. And I had members of management come to me and say, I'm going to your Black Lake. When was the last time you were there? I was a leader. Thumb under nose in our face that they're using our facility in an arrogant way. And that's what they think about us. That's what they think about us. They have no regard for us. I'm going to tell you something. Mayor Lansing went through my plant one time. Because I was cap coordinator for the region, I was the one that escorted him through the warehouse in Lansing. About three million square feet, a big, big facility. And we got done, and we had all the local union leadership from all the locals there, and he was walking through, and, he, you know, real appreciative. We were the ones that helped him to get elected mayor home. We walked up to the front, and the plant manager, Larry Burris, walked out, and he said, now that you've had the Cook's tour, come on in, and I'll tell you all about how this operation works. Took him into his office. Demeaned us. Demeaned us in our own damn plant. Telling elected official that respects us for having gotten them elected, saying that now you've got the Cook's tour. Now the captain will show you how. Well, that's what they think about us. You know, I was in a, you heard me talk about this a couple of years ago. I was invited to Detroit to speak, or down there to listen. They gave us opportunity to speak. And the leaders in Detroit were there. And this is supposed to be a nonpartisan effort. And this was in the spring of 16, 2016. Nonpartisan effort, but because I was from labor, I couldn't speak on our issues. Once I got up and started speaking about our issues, and about some of the problems, they sent a young man over to try and take my microphone away from me. And the lady there with cameras snapping a picture about every half a second, wanting to see what happened to this poor young man should he actually grab my microphone. Now, this isn't verifiable by a former president of the, actually, Secretary Treasurer, is their actual leader for the building trades for the state of Michigan. Uh, 
he sat there, and I mentioned it to him since then. He says, yeah, I was there, and I saw that, Leroy. They tried to take your microphone out of your hand. I raised my elbow up enough so that the young man couldn't get to it. But that's what they think about labor. You know, you, you haven't walked in shoes where we've been truly demeaned by management and corporate America, because this room was full, full of the corporate leaders of Detroit. Just chock full of them. And they were Kool-Aid drinking everything they said down there. Second I started speaking, and I was the only one there speaking on behalf of us. Although the brother was on this, the panel, but he just he didn't do what I was talking about. He talked about some nice warm fuzzies, and it was his job to talk about nice warm fuzzies. I didn't put any sugar coating on it. I was I was not indignant, but they didn't. Oh, want I believe to hear that. that. Yeah, they did not want to hear what I say. So anybody that thinks that managers going to Black Lake is a good thing. I got news for you. Oh, I know the argument. You know, we want to utilize Black Lake. We want to utilize it. We need to, you know, incorporate other things up there. And management has this money that they send from the joint training funds, and we use that money up there, and we send them up there. They don't belong there. They do not belong there. This is hallowed grounds. Period. I objected then. I object now as it's become an issue again. The president of the UAW can stop it with a signature. He needs to get that done. With a signature. And if you can't think of other ways to market Black Lake, call me and I'll tell you 25 of them off the top of my head. I guarantee you, I have 500 people up there every weekend. But you guys don't have that creativity. Or you'd already be doing it, and it'd be a profitable organization. Not supposed to be profitable because it's a non-profit entity, but it would be revenue positive. Hey, guys, and, and woman, that lady, you know, sister there, the one. You don't get it, and you got to start getting it. So that's what i got to say about Black Lake. You know, they, there's a lot of ways to market that. I mean, I'm serious. I can have 500 people up there every weekend, every weekend, all 52, including the Christmas and New Year's holiday, if need be. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Get creativity and make the thing work. Standing there with bonbons, drinking Kool-Aid, ain't getting it done. Sit down, figure out a plan. Doesn't take a genius. So do something. This contract coming up, I'm going to tell you something. You do what you did last time, you ain't going to like it. Because I'm going to tell you what I got. I got a brand new plan out here. 
called tit for tat. Somebody gets fired, tit. Tat is something you're going to find out about. Plant closes because they supported me, that's tit. You ain't going to like tat. Contracts get approved, ratified by ways that we know mathematically are impossible, that's tit. And you ain't going to like tat. We gave you opportunity. Now it's tit for tat. That's my new plan. Tit for tat. You keep playing, and you ain't going to like it. Now, I have to say it's embarrassing that the last round of uh, votes... um, had resounding pictures um, on Facebook of local leadership riding around on Taylor Dunn's trash cans collecting the vote in violation of the Constitution. One member was, had to um, that was one member had to um, appeal the vote, and uh, none of that needs to take place. We probably need an independent. Um, outfit to take the vote in this next round of uh, bargaining. We'll That's see my what we opinion, can get, anyway. We'll see what we can get done. There's, uh, I'm pretty sure it ain't going to be the way it was last time. Pretty sure of that. So we'll see. Uh, you got anything else, David? Um, just that, uh, like I said, um, as rank and file, we need to start acting differently on the plant floor towards management. We need to treat them as managers and act like workers. That doesn't mean bring them an apple or invite them to Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner. By all means, don't be um, refusing direct orders, getting yourself in trouble. There's a way to treat management and a way not to. And they're not our friends, so we shouldn't treat them as friends. So if you want to go on with your report, Larry, that's what I got to say. Well, that's true, David. I mean, you know, I hired in to the very building where the sit-down strikes began. Where they began. Yeah, I know. Your your local style that's another thing I want to say, too, while I'm on the subject. A lot of people tell you that you are the union. Yeah, that's true. We are. And we're also the highest authority in the UAW of the rank and file with their votes. There's also a portion of it that's not true. Every local union in this, in this union belongs to the international as an institution. If they pull your charter, they're going to sell your local, just like your local is now a head shop. That's right. The Pioneer Hall of the UAW is now a head shop. We didn't have the respect for those people. We'll say, oh, we respect you a lot. But the union hall that they built and went in and negotiated every contract in from and supported their leadership 
is now no longer a UAW facility. It, last I checked, it, you know, it might have closed, who knows, but it was a head shop last I checked. I almost cried when I saw that. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The brothers and sisters, and a few sisters, it wasn't a lot, when I hired in at the plants where I was working, the press metal to start with and motor plant later, we weren't disrespectful because, you know, we're working just like everybody else. We weren't overtly friendly at all, at all. Management had their bars where they went to after work and drank beer, and we had our bars, and none between should meet, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Committeeman, come and answer a uh, committee call. He didn't go talk to your supervisor. He'd walk up with what we called the bag then, carry the bag. He'd stand back 15, 20 feet from the supervisor's desk and throw it up on the top of the, the little gray stand-up desks and throw it on it. I'm here. Get my man or my, my woman. Get the member up here. I'm going to talk to him. I want to say this. No. You get the member up here first. That's another thing that needs to change. You committee people out there, and I know you're listening, you need to start acting like committee people. And had I been successful at becoming president, or if in the future things change and I have the opportunity, you will be schooled on how to be a committee person in a way that is commensurate to being a good committee person. And one of the first things you're going to get is do not let me hear about you talking to management before you talk to a member. Okay, this isn't just the members. This is a message to the leadership. You need to go do your job in a way that looks like you're a union and you have a we union either. And you have we had a union member. What's that? Say so we had a member one day on social media. Young kid. Don't really know. Didn't really know. So he asked this question. Is it common practice for your committee man to have you um, do a committee call on a next L two way radio? And that was answered by a UAW member from uh, Local 602. That absolutely not. You should be relieved from your job and taken to your office where you talk to your um, committee man. And, and in the privacy of, of a closed environment before the supervisors even talk to. But this did occur. Um, this committee man walked up to him. Actually, no, it wasn't the committee man. It was the supervisor. And he held the Nextel radio up to his phone, up to his ear, and pushed the button so that he could talk to and listen to his committee man. That's disgraceful. 
So I'm not going to mention on the show whose son that was, but uh, I think you got a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating that you go throw your committee bag or your the box, the aluminum boxes that some of them use now, up on the supervisor's desk. Now they have a cubicle. They don't have an open pedestal desk like they used to have. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm advocating you do your job in a proper manner. Sure, you report to the supervisor and you say, I'm here to attend to the grievance or the committee call that's in and or a grievance that's been written to follow up. Supervisor does not get first bite out of that apple and get to persuade you in a way against the member first. You listen to our membership first. There's a lot wrong. Okay. So that's one of them. All right, David. So uh, just to recap that up again a little bit, I'm going to tell you, this, this whole notion that we have become friends with them and they hate us is simple wrong. Yeah, it's 2018, we all should get along. Yeah, being respectful and doing your job is one thing. When they're combining six jobs into one and then the health and safety issue, it's not good for your health and certainly not safe when you're trying to overdo that, you know, overperform beyond what's normal, fair day's work. It's not good for your health and safety. By the way, for those paying attention, that's one of the issues that are allowable to strike health and safety. And I would make the case that just about every job, as it's been combined and the workforce has been harvested, and people are doing two, the jobs of two and three people and up to six in some cases, that we're doing it prior That'd be a health and safety issue that we could actually wrap our head around. Just the amount of work on the job is a health and safety issue. So I want to talk about comments in the open by UAW leadership directed at members of our team and in directly at me. You ain't going to like what I got to say. You've already heard about the committee not doing their job. You said that we're whiners, and so we're losers. Well, we haven't really talked about losing. We accepted it. We thanked everybody. We even congratulated them last week. But you're going to come out here and play that game? Yeah. As a leader, you should read the Detroit Three agreements in GM. It's paragraph four that says you're not allowed to be demeaning the members. Yeah, says that. Can't interfere with their participation. Federal law, section seven and eight 
unfair labor practice to mess with Section 7, concerted protected activity. When you come out there and start demeaning us as a leader, you're breaking federal law and subject to National Labor Relations Board grievance. You were presented inside of this. This is a president of an aerospace local union. He was presented with the Workers' Bill of Rights and said we have a right to criticize union leadership. Some of the criticisms have been that temporaries are 90 days only. Of course, if you're not in a Detroit 3 where the ocean is flowing, 600,000 retirees, roughly, and 150,000 actives, but you're from, not in the ocean, but you're from a small local union that doesn't have the grasp of some of these issues, then you shouldn't be criticizing somebody that does. You ought to be real good and careful with what you say to a member as a leader because there is federal law and contracts that say you may not, may not, three paragraphs in the National Labor Relations Act, this is the uh, Title 29 U.S.C. three sections cover you as what you said. That's a warning this time to all of you. First of all, do your job. Secondly, when we criticize you for not doing your job and you come out and demean us in public, That's a problem. And if he's not listening, and I know some of you are, you get a hold of him and grab him by the collar and bring bring his ass to a computer and make him listen to this damn show. Because he will get in one hell of a lot of trouble. I won't stand for it. As a progressive for change, with my opinion, I wouldn't stand for it as a leader of this UAW. You will not demean the members. And if you think I'm messing around with you, brother, you go ask them at Solidarity House how they had to eat crow in front of the public review board because they violated law. Our whining went through the process to the public review board. Three members lost their membership because they were uh, arguably supporters of us. One said openly that he would nominate me on the show here. Next thing you know, he and two of his supporter followers lost their membership on a small issue. It violated 
concerted protected activity, it violated retaliation, and it violated due process that you're now aware of because you've seen the Workers' Bill of Rights in the Land of Griffin Act. This isn't just some damn free-for-all out there, asshole. There's laws that you have to abide by. I know you have a totalitarian mindset and you're personal best friends with the president of this UAW currently. But I'm going to tell you something. If he did it, I'd put his ass on on, uh, uh, Front Street as well. You don't have the right to demean us. And don't you ever forget it. Any of you. That concludes my report. David, do you have anything to say? Nope. Thank you about covered that. Um, what I will say, um, uh, this individual, he's not just a mean and certain um, auto workers. He's going after a whole bunch of them. And you know I have those records. That's why he's getting a warning. No, they're all for convention and continuing after. We have a right to run for office, be nominated, and to criticize our union leadership. Okay? You did tit and you just got tat. But there's tatter. So be careful. Okay. Anything else, Dave? Nope. I think we did pretty good tonight. Got out what I needed to say. Um, Unless there's anything that you want to add, I think we can wrap it up for tonight. Okay. Well, you know, I I don't want to diminish the idea that we need to make sure that the members' wishes are heard loud and clear regarding what the contract needs to say. And... uh, you know, I'm happy to be a part of that and, and even be a leader of that team within uh, the confines of the bargaining committee and a bargaining uh, process uh, that we have within General Motors. Uh, we just have to do it within the confines of the Constitution because this isn't supplanting them. This is just setting them straight on what we want in no uncertain terms, and do not go against us this time. Do not ratify agreement that we know should not have been ratified. Okay? So, and this isn't over, brothers and sisters. Okay? Think for a second that what happened to the Teamsters when they took over, the Justice Department took over the UAW, or the Teamsters won't happen at the UAW? You better think twice about that. By the way, to the member, I want to reiterate that sent me a message earlier this week, this past week, the two of you, and one of you sent me a more detailed message. I got your your message, and I'll be acting on it early in the week. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks to everybody that was listening tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, we hope well, you found value in our show. Yeah, switchboard's full. 
<laughs> I mean, people were asking for the number. I told them, I said, really, I mean, <laughs> thank, thanks to everybody uh, that's in the switchboard. And by the way, I see a, a brother out there that's a familiar, familiar I'm going to call him out, a uh, familiar uh, number on the show from time to time he's in here. And, and um, he gave us a lot of help at convention, and we tried to do our level best to be uh, respectful and reciprocate that that assistance that he offered us at convention, and um, Brother Scott Holdison, uh, we appreciate everything you did. We didn't call you out anywhere yet. Last week I didn't see you here in the switchboard. I know you're listening now, but I want to publicly say thank you for everything you did, uh, and uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, you know, this is never done by any one person or any one group. Uh, we Again, you were very gracious. Uh, we did uh, try to be respectful back and reciprocate in a small way, uh, and uh, you've already said thank you for that. So uh, we appreciate it, and, and thanks for what you did. And uh, it was nice to see you down here in person. I know we uh, interact quite a bit uh, online, and, and uh, you follow us uh, pretty regular here. So, again, thank you very much, and uh, obviously, we always look forward to working with you as we can so in the future. So having said that, uh, um, let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, to all of our listeners uh, across the globe, thanks for listening. To those in Mexico and Canada that have been listening, and all of our friends out there running for office that work friendly and listen in, thank you. Um, thanks to each and every member of our UAW that listens, and thanks to all the other uh, unions that have members in here that listen as well. We really appreciate that. Uh, it's become quite a, quite the, uh, the the issue. Again, thank uh, thanks for coming on the show last week to Gretchen Whitmer, Senator Gretchen Whitmer, uh, and the governor candidate that we've endorsed. And congratulations one more time to you. Uh, and to all the other folks that we help support, congratulations to that to you as well. So, having said that, good night, David, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week. And um, if anybody wants to know how to listen to some of the candidate interviews that we do, in case you're interested, and these will be worker-friendly candidates, uh, notify us, and we'll give you a link where we can you can listen to those. That probably won't that process probably won't start for a week or so because we need to still uh, organize that a little bit. And uh, if there's anybody out there that thinks that they'd like to have an interview, just contact us. Having said that all, good night, David, and good night, listeners. Have a great one. See you next week. Hey, good night.